Hello and welcome to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I'm your host, Rena Cook, and as many of you know, I am a voice geek. I am obsessed with all things voice. Now, actually, I'm a voice, speech, and presentation coach, but I have learned over the years that if the voice is not working, nothing else works. And as a voice and presentation coach, my passion is empowering others to use their voices in more compelling and authentic ways. On this podcast, we visit with professionals who have powerful messages about speaking truth and using their voice to change hearts and minds. Now, I'm especially excited today to welcome our our guest, Dr. Melissa Leedy, who is a dear friend and a clinical psychologist in Broken Arrow. Good morning, Melissa, Dr. Leedy. Good morning. Hello. How are you? I am so good, and I'm so excited to see your bright, shiny face this morning. I wish our audience could see it, too. (laughs) Well, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, I'm so glad. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about Melissa so she doesn't have to feel like she's tooting her own horn. Um, She was an undergraduate, got an undergraduate degree from the University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. Yay! I know, right? And then she got her, her PhD at Oklahoma State University, Go Pokes. <laughs> Woo-hoo, cowboys. What do you what do you do on Bedlam Day? Oh my gosh, I wear two different shirts. <laughs> That's what I do. Change at halftime or put them both on at the same time. That's right. It depends on who's winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at both institutions too, and so it's always hard for me. I was at Oklahoma University of Oklahoma the longest. So that's, you know, crimson Mm -hmm. kind of runs in my blood. Now, a little bit more about um, Melissa before I got sidetracked into college loyalties and so on. Um, She worked in health and rehabilitation psychology for eight years in Tampa, Florida for the Veterans Hospital. She has worked with spinal cord injuries, um, people adjusting to pain, to chronic illness, worked in nursing homes uh, until she moved back to Broken Arrow five years ago to form Legacy Counseling Services. And you know what? I saw as I was reading this, Melissa, that you were awarded Women-Owned Business of the Year by the Broken Arrow Chamber of Commerce last year. Congratulations. I was. Thank you. That was, it was really cool. And I have a great team. So it's definitely not just me who won that award, but um, I have a great team of people here and we worked hard and we're proud of what we do. But just in four years to be recognized in that way is is really remarkable. Thank Although you. watching you work, it is not surprising to me to see this kind of recognition. Thank um, you. The first thing I want to talk about today is something that is ever-present on my mind and something that I know you are a specialty in. And in this time of COVID, sleep issues are in the front of many of our minds. Yes. Um, do you, you see a rise in that among your clients? Yeah. A lot of people are having problems sleeping with just worry and uncertainty. And, you know, with all of these things going on, people end up developing bad habits 
that they they think are helping them relax and prepare for sleep, but actually it's it's creating more sleep problems for them. Mm, and what kind of habits would those be? Well, so people might, you know, anxiety is really tiring. And so a lot of people might just rest in bed, you know, early, early in the night, you know, eight, nine o'clock, and they're not really ready for sleep. They're not sleepy. And so they might just rest in bed and watch TV or read a book or, you know, talk to their partner or pray or whatever they do. And they end up laying in bed awake for sometimes several hours. And they believe that they're resting their body and they are, but that can actually lead to what we call conditioned insomnia. And so their bodies basically are being trained with conditioned insomnia to be awake and alert in the bed. And that's the exact opposite of what we want. So what can we do to kind of change our bad habits? You know, like having a glass of wine um, is probably a bad habit, even though I find it very comforting at the time that I'm drinking wine. But I'm sure that there are things, better habits that we can replace to ensure that we get better sleep. What are some of those better habits that you recommend? Well, having a glass of wine is not, you know, a terrible thing. Now, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) You can have one. Um, (laughs) Really, really one glass of wine is okay in the evening, you know, as you're getting ready for bed just to wind down. Um, But a lot of it is that, you know, we really need to create a buffer zone, what we call a buffer zone before bedtime. And that's, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half before you actually get into bed with the intention of falling asleep. And so, you know, people are very, very busy. And so a lot of people, they are just going and going, going literally up until their body hits the bed. And then they wonder why they're so keyed up and they can't sleep. And so part of it is you actually need to prepare your body for sleep. You need to have, you know, an hour before bed where you are winding down, you're relaxing. If there's things on your mind that you talk them out or you write them out, you know, you get them out of your mind and onto paper. Um, where you watch a relaxing show or you listen to a relaxing podcast or read a book. But basically you're you're teaching your body and the hormones inside your body that okay, now is the time that I'm not going to be doing a lot of thinking. I'm not going to, um, you know, be anxious or be exercising or up and cleaning out the fridge (laughs) when I need to be going to bed in an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, the other part of it is that really you don't want to go to sleep. You don't want to go to bed. I'm sorry, until you're sleepy. So sleepy is how likely you are to actually fall asleep. And that's a very big difference between being tired being tired is a measure of how much physical energy your body has. And so oftentimes people confuse that and they're physically tired. And so they rest in bed, but they're not actually sleepy. They're not likely to fall asleep because they're not sleepy. So if you're tired and you need to rest, that's great. You should rest, but you need to rest on the couch, on another bed, um, some place that is not the place that you sleep for the night. Mm, that's so interesting. Um, tell us about the sun and how that the sun affects our sleep rhythms. Well, the sun is one of the key um, external environmental factors that as we get some sun exposure in the morning and throughout the day, and you don't have to get a lot, but you know, 15, 20 minutes here and there, but the sun basically is one of those things that tells your body what time of day it is. 
And that is what gets your hormones, your melatonin, which sends sleepy signals, and your cortisol, which is a stress hormone that sends alerting signals into your body. So the sun is one of those um, indicators that tells those hormones how much they need to produce in your body at any given time of the day. And so once you do that, your body creates its own internal rhythm where it has predictability of when melatonin should be um, increased, which tends to happen around dusk, and um, when cortisol should be increasing, which starts to happen around 3, 4 a.m., and it starts to increase as the day goes on and then slowly starts to decrease you know, in the late afternoon. That is so interesting. And I've been um, being, pay, paying specific attention to that, getting out early in the morning to do my walk, uh, mm-hmm. relaxing in the evening as the sun is setting outside mm-hmm. and, um, and and see if my body responds to that. It's really an interesting topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to pivot us to another passionate uh, topic of mine, and that's empowering women's voices. Uh, shameless commerce moment. I, um, I wrote a book called Empower Your Voice for Women in Business, Politics, and Life. And you and I both work in this area, but in very different ways. I work literally on the anatomical voice, how the body produces sound. And you work on the metaphoric voice, the soul of the voice, unlocking the courage to speak Mm -hmm. truth. Um, Women who come to you, uh, what what are they needing? What is standing in their way of, of speaking truth to power or truth in relationships? I think a lot of what gets in the way for women are, well, two things. Partially, some of the societal voices that we hear, there's a lot of, um, there there are still a lot of stereotypes. Um, There are still a lot of implicit messages that women hear that, Mm -hmm. you know, make us want to... um, have a quieter voice or not speak our voice Mm -hmm. or feel bad for speaking our voice. Um, There's, you know, a lot of things that we society and and women in particular, I think um, might not understand some of the communication distinctions between being assertive and being aggressive. And a lot of times we, um, we confuse the two. Mm -hmm. We think that if we're being assertive, which is really, I care about you and I'm respectful of you. And I also care about me and I'm respectful of me. But aggressive is where really the person's only thinking about themselves. And so a lot of times when a woman is assertive, um, it's perceived by others and maybe even by herself as being aggressive. Mm -hmm. And so there's that barrier that Mm -hmm. I think women face. I think the other thing is that women our own internal voices can often be some of the most critical voices that we hear. And, you know, we, we have expectations of ourselves um, that aren't realistic. Um, We have just expectations about what our bodies are supposed to look like and um, you know, how we're supposed to interact with people. And so anytime that we, we do things that, might make a person upset or might uh, make us feel anxious. Sometimes our internal voice is saying, see, you did that wrong. 
that's what you you were not supposed to do that. Or um, gosh, if you don't look the way you're supposed to look compared to women your age or compared to people that you see on TV, and this is an old story that we all know, but we still, in this day and age, we still compare ourselves to those things. And, um, you know, we have a really critical voice and I think that stops us a lot. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. One of the things that that you mentioned, um, whether we're being assertive or aggressive or capitulating, Correct. you know, there's there's mm-hmm. there's three stances through there, mm-hmm. and uh, and I work with women in a very physical way on where you feel the energy in your body. Mm-hmm. If I let the energy in my body get high into my chest and my chin comes out. Mm-hmm. I am going to come across as aggressive. Also, right. when my energy is high, it blocks me from being able to be present for the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I lower, not take down the level of my energy, but lower it in my body, feel in your the core energy. Area. Exactly. Feel the energy around my navel. Mm-hmm and ground my energy there, I can be as assertive and as forceful and compelling as I want to be mm-hmm. without coming across as aggressive. It's where the energy is in my body. Right. It's. I think also it's a more genuine, authentic communication stance, right? When, when you do feel that in your core, and I, I talk to women about that a lot, you know, when they are having hard conversations with their partners or with colleagues or anybody um, to really notice how their body feels, because when you feel that strength in your core, that does, I think, automatically start to position you of a place of confidence Right. And a place of respecting the other person as well as respecting what you bring to the table. A lot of women, when they are not in that place, they they feel the tension up in their shoulders and in Mm -hmm. their neck and um, their hands might even feel strange. And so I'm often talking to people about you know, notice how your body is positioned. Notice Mm -hmm. how you, your feet feel on the floor when you're sitting across from your boss or your partner. Mm -hmm. And what is your breath doing? Because as Mm -hmm. you know, the breath gives a lot of things away. When we are not feeling confident, we're feeling anxious, we have a shorter breath. That's right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I approach it from almost the same way when you do the body scan mm -hmm. to see where you are feeling tension, to see where in your body you're being triggered. That's right. And then replace that impulse with attention to the breath in your core. That's right. Attention to the breath is, is huge because our body emotions are simply labels word labels that we have put on a physical experience in our body, mm-hmm. right? So when we were young, we we didn't have words to communicate how we felt. When you're one, two, three, four years old, you don't, really don't have those words. So the body feels those things first. Mm-hmm. And so those physical sensations, as we, we age, then we say, oh, that sensation of tension in my stomach that's what anxiety feels like for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we can pay attention to the breath, the breath is what actually relaxes our muscles and relaxes our blood flow. And so when we can pay attention to that breath and relax the body, our emotions tend to follow suit. Right. Mm -hmm. And our brain comes back online. 
That's right. (laughs) A lot of women I coach say, well, when I get triggered, I can't think of anything to say. Even if I have full knowledge of this subject, it goes away. Well, with anxiety, we breathe more shallowly, which shuts the brain down because it's not getting enough oxygen. Mm -hmm. If we pay attention to deep central breathing in those times of being triggered, Mm -hmm. we're sending more oxygen to the brain. The brain comes back online and we have thoughts again. Yes. Yes. And you know, I think it's so interesting because breathing is one of those things we, we take for granted and Mm -hmm. we, but we don't really realize the power of the breath. We don't really realize the power of paying attention to the breath. And so, you know, you'll hear mental health providers frequently say, notice your breathing, try to relax your breathing. And I think a lot of people think it's just stupid, but it's really not. Or that it's just for the psychiatrist's office. That's right. That's right. Or that it's some woo-woo thing. (laughs) Right. it's, It's really not. It's really the source of of a lot of things. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's the master key to self-healing. Yes. I agree. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the things, the tactics that you share with your patients for controlling negative mental messages? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. So there's a lot of different techniques and, and really it depends on the person. One of the things that I really love to do is to help a, a woman and a man, but a woman sp- especially, is to help her hear what are those critical messages that are coming through and to write them down and to then imagine, okay, what whose voice would this be, right? Because if you're aware of some of those messages, there's a larger part of yourself, it's called what we call metacognition. There's a part of yourself that's aware that something else is going on in your mind, something else is going on in your body. So if that other thing that's going on in your mind, if that were somebody else, whose voice would that be? What, what would we name that person? You know, if we would said that's a, that's a bully who is just bullying you and she's a mean girl, you know, like Mm -hmm. from the movie, Mm -hmm. what would you name her? And what do you imagine she would look like? And when do you imagine she comes up? When does she just pop into your office or pop into your house or pop into the car with you and start to say mean things to you? And that way you can separate out the you who is aware of all these things, Mm -hmm. the you that's always been present in acceptance and commitment therapy. We call that the wise mind. So you can separate that larger part of you from the other part that has a critical voice. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times someone will say, oh, yeah, that Heather, she is, she's just constantly getting on to me about the way I look or the way that I um, send email messages because I don't have all the niceties in there, things like Mm -hmm. that. And I'm not good enough. And Heather's always the one that says those things to me. Mm -hmm. And so that way a woman can learn to, to talk back to that voice Mm -hmm. without feeling like she's attacking herself. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to attack yourself. You want to build yourself up, but there's this other part of you that is just not nice. Right. And and we will say things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to other people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's so that's another thing is when a woman says those critical things and if you've taken out you've named that voice, but then you can also do a, some cognitive work and think about 
well, what would I say to a friend? If a friend said this mm-hmm. and I heard her saying this, what would I say? And just really use a lot of those cognitive challenging things. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, is this really true? Because a lot of times we will have a very firm, mean girl voice in our head and she's so loud and she has such a mean tone. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of a vicious part of us. And she's so loud that we think it must be true. It must be true. And we have, we've allowed ourselves to say it enough times that our brain and our body believe it's true. Absolutely. And so because of that, because our body responds to that internal criticism, we assume that it must be true. true. And that's where a lot of times we have to look and say, well, let me actually look at the evidence. Is it really true that nobody likes me? Is it really true that just because I make an assertive statement and someone else has a question about it, that I'm not good enough or I'm not okay? Is it really true that I, uh, my body looks this way, that I'm not okay? And you know, we really need to ask those questions. Um, mm-hmm. And I encourage women to, when you ask those questions, to write down your answers. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, the, the answers, if you have a great challenge and you're like, actually, that's not true. Well, I will come close to guaranteeing it in about five seconds when something else happens and your body responds to that critical voice, you will forget what you just told yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that that we write things down, that we create almost our own personal history mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody then, talks about a book of evidence, uh-huh. right? And so we can go back and look at that book of evidence to say that thought is really not accurate. Mm-hmm. And then practice the positive thoughts. Yes. You know, at the time that you are deep breathing, say, I'm just going to focus on my breath. I'm going to bring my anxiety level down or performance anxiety, whatever. And as I exhale, I am going to think this positive statement about Mm -hmm. myself and about my performance. Mm -hmm. And the more we repeat the positive inverse of our negative statement, the more likely we are, our body and our brain is going to believe it. That's right. That's right. And when you're doing that, if you can't recall at the moment, if you're feeling anxious and you're starting to do a body scan and look at your breathing and, and you can't recall what those positive statements are, that's exactly why you do need to write them down. Exactly. That way you pull out your book of evidence, you pull up the notes app on your phone, whatever, and you review those and you have, those statements are going to be based on reality. We're mm-hmm. not trying to do a Pollyanna view here. Mm-hmm. You're trying to, to actually look at, are my critical beliefs accurate or not? Or are there mm-hmm. some accuracies? Maybe maybe they're 30% true in certain situations, but they're certainly not 100% true. Mm-mm. And if they are closer to 100% true, then that's just good information where you can know, I actually need to, to look at this a little bit more. I need to, maybe I am aggressive, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I do need to work on that. It just gives you data. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think what we've been talking about all of this is how we transform uh, women, the women we work with, how we transform ourselves into the powerful, strong, confident women that we know we are and that we dream of manifesting all the time. Yes. I 
I am so excited that we had this conversation today, Melissa. You have been such a gift to this podcast, and we are sadly out of time. It goes so fast. <laughs> I know. How does this happen? And uh, and and sometime soon, you know, we're going to have this conversation in person. We won't have to talk over podcast. Yes. But I want to wrap up today's episode. Um, I, I want to just think about joy and generosity for a moment. And it's something that, that I'm trying to focus on right now because what the, chi- the scared child within me right now wants to focus on all the bad things. Mm-hmm. And God knows there are a lot of bad things around us right now. Mm-hmm. But if we can find a little bit of joy and generosity and help someone else find a little joy, we feel more, jo- more joy ourselves when we mm-hmm. help someone else. In this time of crisis, it's crucial to intentionally maintain our humanity. And we can do this by finding joy and choosing to live generously. Thank you again, Dr. Leedy, for being with us. Oh, before I before I give my last thing, how can people get in touch with you who say, oh my God, this woman is a genius. I need to oh. talk to her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, they can uh, visit our website. It's LegacyCounselingServices.com. And um, I have a great team of, of therapists here. There's seven therapists here. So um, we're all, we're all great. Um, and anybody, anybody would, would be able to help you. So you can learn more about us there. We have promotional videos on our website and we offer free 30 minute consultations. So um, we want to make sure that um, it's a good fit for people. So we offer those free 30 minute consultations. So legacycounselingservices.com. Thank you. So finally, everyone, breathe deeply, stand a little taller, and speak your truth boldly, and the world will listen. Until next time, bye-bye.